Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Vanessa Dungai, and I am the proud founder and executive director of Hush No More. Hush No More supports survivors when they're ready to come forward to share their story, to get resources, or just to have somebody to listen to. We also provide valuable training in our communities to churches, youth groups, different organizations on what we call the Hush Topics, sexual assault, domestic violence, human trafficking, child sexual abuse, incest, all of those topics that families and friends have a real hard time talking about. We talk about it here. And I'm just here to help people and share love and kindness. And so we can learn about what's going on in our community so that we can prevent it from happening to us or to a family member as well. So I am excited tonight because we are going to talk about trauma from a college perspective, a college student perspective. Ah, a college student perspective, because I think it's important to listen to our young people and to know what's really going on in college. And so this is just an opportunity for you to get a different view. Please make comments, share our video, because we really want people to be able to hear and know what's going on in our community. So I am going to bring up our amazing guests. Welcome to the studio, Miss Bailey. I have Desire Bailey with me. Welcome. Hello. I am so excited that you're here because I love talking to young people and especially those that are in college because I don't really have a mentor in college. So I like to be able to talk to others to just share my insight and help you out any way that I can. And so I know that this is what's going to be for us today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Alrighty, my name is Desire Bailey. I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana. I attend the amazing and wonderful Diller University in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I am majoring in business and administration. And this is my senior year. Yes. And it's your senior year in how many years? Three. Three years. So she has been in college for three years. She's about to finish. And that's a serious feat. Like, it's not easy to do that. <laughs> So some people get a four-year degree in like five or six years. So I'm really excited that you are so motivated to be able to, to do that. So what are some things that you do on campus? Um, I'm serving as my second year as a residential assistant. I am the vice president of a sister-to-sister organization, which is an all-females organization about sister empowerment, sisterhood, community service. And I just do like volunteer hours around the, the city of New Orleans. Right now, I'm serving as an internship position in our Office of Academic Affairs. I love it. So you do all of that and you're trying to finish school early. Yes. In three years. So yeah. what is life like for you? Um, it's stressful sometimes. Um, a lot of time management, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of early mornings or, you know, a lot, lots of emails. Um, but I mean, it's all manageable and doable. And you just do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> you do more than what people have to do. So I'm really excited to just hear about, especially you doing an RA. So can you explain the role of an RA for those that haven't been in college and what that means for you? Um, RA is a residential assistant. Um, you are this uh, resident's first line of, I guess, authority. So you handle lockouts. Um, you're who people get in contact with if they can't get it, like a parent can't get in contact with their student, they're going to call us. We handle lockouts, security issues. We handle fire drills, um, routine like hall meetings, things like that. Just anything the child or the resident, I guess the child, but anything the resident need that, that your assistant is the first person that they're going to go to. And you build a relationship and a connection with your residents on your floor. Okay. 
So does that mean that if there's an emergency or like if there's a sexual assault, if it's like sexual harassment, you're the first line that they come to? We are the first people that they come to. We have to commit a complete an incident report, report that to our officers on campus, and then like follow up with the students, do like roommate. Um, If there was a situation where it was like a roommate or something like that, then we would do like roommate switches or all together building switches. I love that. So a lot of times parents don't realize that that exists, right? We don't know what they talk about our kids from a safety perspective. And although I went to college, I didn't go to college and like during the day on a campus, I went to school at night. So mm-hmm. I didn't have that opportunity to like really know how a college run because of that. So that was one reason why I asked you, because I know there's other adults that don't really know how it operates and work. Mm-hmm. So me and you had a conversation years ago, like right before COVID, and we were talking about like the sexual assaults and things like that, that happens on campus. What is your perspective on sexual assaults in college? Um, I haven't necessarily seen it like hand in hand. I haven't dealt with it on campus. I have heard horror stories about the different things and like how university has handled it poorly and things like that. But I guess a lot of issues come from people's, the victim side of the situation. They don't like to speak up because and be honest, I go to a very small university. It's probably about 1,200 students. So everybody's going to know your business. And people fear not to say nothing because of the backlash that you might not get. Maybe the situation might get handled, but then now you're labeled as the person who caused it, the person who did that, or the person who did that. So they shy away from telling their stories and they like bury it almost. Or like shared anonymously on like social media platforms like Twitter. And that was a really big deal this past summer. Like they were like anonymously sharing their sexual assaults experiences via these social media platforms. Like the stories were told, but it was like there was nothing done to the person to prevent it from happening to other students. Yeah. And, and when you told me that, that they reported anonymously, I was surprised. When you were reading the comments and seeing what they were doing to say, yeah, I've been sexually assaulted, and then people were supporting them and saying, I was sexually assaulted too, how did you feel about that? I felt like, wow, like this could have been anybody. I felt like I wish they would have said something so, because it was so many people. Maybe instead of it being 10 people, if somebody would have just spoke up, it would only been two. Now, that's still two victims, and that's very traumatic and horrible. But I feel like if they would have just said something, it would have just, you know, kind of stopped with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe, maybe not. So maybe sometimes not. they'll talk about, yeah, it, you might report it and the person will do it again, right? So yeah. sometimes they don't. Do you understand why they didn't, maybe? What are some reasons why you think they didn't, just from your, your foxhole? I mean, I feel like sometimes people feel like as a victim, it's their fault. I shouldn't have worn this. I shouldn't have went there. I shouldn't have drunk this. I shouldn't have, I should have stayed in my room. So you personalize, you blame yourself. So at that point, you're no longer a victim. Like this happened to me because I did this. So I don't, there's no need to blame anybody if I blame myself. So I feel like taking the responsibility on that end. Yeah. I always say that you should review the actions that you did, you know, from a safety perspective. But the person that you blame is the person that hurt you. The person that touched you, that had no business touching you or hurting you. That's who is at fault. That's who is supposed to accept the responsibility. And I make sure that I tell people that to not hold on to the shame and to be able to try to come forward and use organizations to really talk about it. For you, do you all get training as an RA on like sexual harassment, teen dating violence and, 
y'all get any type of training? We do get training on how to handle the situations, but that's really a personal issue. So we just report it and pass it on to like higher authorities. But as a freshman, when you're brought in with your first year class, we're introduced to all the people who are over everything. And we have an amazing Title IX coordinator, as well as a nurse who sat down and talked to us. And they were like, this is, they explained to us the difference between sexual assault, date rape. Like, they just broke it down. And so there was no confusion that if something happened that you were not okay with or comfortable with, you knew the people to go to in that moment, in that time. And like they always say that the only reason that sexual assault occurs or rape occurs is because there's a rapist in the room, simply put. And that just took the weight off that blameless part. Even though you still blame yourself, it took the weight off of it. And I was like, that's why that happened. There's nothing that I did wrong. There's nothing that this person did wrong. And whenever you like, whatever, if you say no, then it's no. And no matter at what stage you're you're in, you can say no and you can take that, like, this is my body and I don't want to do this anymore. Right. So it was just have, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no, that was a okay. Did you have this knowledge before you got to college? Like, did y'all talk about it in high school or did you ever hear about it before? I, you know, you touch on it. You talk about it like, hey, like, you know, it's kind of, like you said, it's a hush topic. So mm -hmm. you talk about it, you know, it, you know, it exists. But I did not know the difference between the different titles that sexual assault had. I didn't know, like, I knew the term, but I didn't know the, like what what all fell under it. Like there's verbal sexual, there's verbal assault. There's, there's so many levels to this and anybody can be a victim. Yeah. I think it's important for parents and families and friends to have the discussion, definitely before you go to college, but I'm glad that colleges now are actually talking about it because they weren't at first. Like we were not talking, we were not talking about it. We didn't have any classes. The freshmen had no clue about what was happening. And so I'm really excited that that is being done. Do you think it's enough? Mm, I feel like, yes, uh, on the college part, like if you're explaining the, the correct people to go to, if you have an issue, if you're breaking out different terminology, and making them have an excel a safe space. I do think that it needs to be reinforced at home. Like, um, it depends on your parent relationship. Like, I feel like I can tell my parents anything. Now they might not want to hear it, but I can tell them. So, <laughs> I mean, like, the older I, I've gotten, I've developed a, like a relationship with them. And so I know that if I call them, I'll be like, hey, this, 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 such, such happened. And they're going to be like, well, this is what you need to do, or I'm on my way. And so I feel like it also needs to be reinforced in your home or in your if you don't have that parent dynamic of your village, whoever you go to and talk to, you need to have somebody else. I think that's important. I think it's important for parents to identify as well someone else that their child could talk to, because sometimes you don't feel comfortable talking to your parents. For you, I love that you always say, I could talk to my mom and dad. You always say that. And I think that's <laughs> important, right? But all the children don't say that. And so mm -hmm. having that conversation, I really love what you just said, that it starts at home. It does. And sometimes they blame the colleges. I Sometimes I get upset at colleges how they handle certain incidents, you know, and they might try to make it a hush topic as well. They don't always bring it out. And I don't like that. But I have seen colleges trying to do a little bit more as well. Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm happy well, about that. I mean, like being in like an authoritative role, I see that everything is not just black and white. There are some really gray lines. And when you're dealing with people and when you're dealing with like backlash, because the university might handle something and then they might switch it. And the person goes sues the university because it was improperly handled. And it just like, it just snowballs out of control. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And we're trying to fix it with laws and requirements, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you also mentioned your Title IX coordinator. I think it's important that parents and students know that that individual exists and know who they are, because that's who you report everything to from sexual harassment, domestic violence, everything. Anything as it relates to a hush topic goes to the Title IX coordinator. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad that you actually know her and have that relationship and that she meets everyone that comes to the college. Mm -hmm. That's important. So I, I love that. Let's talk about sexual harassment. Okay. About sexual harassment. Uh, a lot of times we experience it, right? We, mm -hmm. Sexual harassment is a common. How do you view sexual harassment on college campuses while you're in college? It's something that just happens, and you kind of just, you know, if it happens, it happens. And you personally have very little experience with it, but if it happens, you just, you know, go about your day. Like I kind of sweep it under the rug and I ignore it. Or if it's something that's Potentially, like just particularly bother me. I'd be like, hey, I didn't feel comfortable when you did this or that. Um, can we find another way? Okay, like that. But I'm that's how I view it. Like I said, I go to a very small university and it's predominantly female. So those encounters are very, very slight. And like you pretty much know who it is. You're like, hey, don't do that. And then you can go about your day. Thank you. Go about your day. So I asked you about sexual harassment because a lot of times, um, statistically, sexual harassment is a precursor to sexual assault. So mm -hmm. the person will be harassing, making the jokes, and then it leads to something more. I didn't know how to handle sexual harassment. Like nobody talked to me about that. It was like, uh-huh, what do you say? Now I stare you in your face. I actually repeat, like, excuse me, what did you say? <laughs> but nobody ever talked to me how to deal with sexual harassment. It was like you're just supposed to accept it and move on. And it seems like that's your your perspective of it as well. Yeah, that you just accept it and move on. But it's actually wrong. It sucks. Like it really couldn't affect your day. And I don't think people realize how bad sexual harassment can make you feel. It's just as bad as being violated sexually from sexual assault at times from sexual harassment. So Okay, so you just keep it moving, but you do speak up for yourself. I mean, if it's if it becomes that serious, so sometimes I just like okay, ha ha, and keep it moving. Yeah. So, do you think that stops it? No, but I mean, and it's kind of like you can't argue by yourself. You know, if I kind of just ignore you and move on, who are you talking to now? Who are you who are you dealing with now? I'm I'm no longer there. So I feel like if I'm no longer there, then there's no longer a problem or issue. So you just avoid it. Yeah. Avoid it, ignore it, move on. I, I want you though to tell them that it's wrong. So part of women empowerment, like the organization that you're in, and part of women empowerment, and even for men, because men go through sexual harassment as well, it's telling them, speak up. You gotta say something to stop it because they continue. You know, when we laugh it off as a joke, they don't know if you're serious or not. So they'll try it again, mm -hmm. you know, just walk away. And so my part is to just empower you to say, you know, that's very disrespectful. You know, mm -hmm. why would you disrespect me that way? That was very rude, you know, and walk off. 
with your head held high and you said what you had to say. <laughs> and then now that's like the warning. I done told you already that's rude and disrespectful. Don't come for me like that again. And mm-hmm. just to have that that confidence. And um, and I don't think it's arguing. I think it's just having a voice. Mm-hmm. One that a lot of us don't have that I, I didn't have at 18 and 19. And just at your age, I didn't have a voice. You know? And so I'm, I'm proud of you, though, because you do say, I didn't say nothing. I just kept moving. So I'm proud of you for that. So my next question that I want to really talk to you about is teen dating violence, right? And I know you're the type of person that's like, I'm just not going to tolerate that. You're just not going to hit me. And But you have friends, you know, that have experienced it. From your lens, what is it like um, for teen dating for your peers? Horrible. Garbage is garbage. Not as plain. But it has its challenges. I feel like I don't know. I feel like it's just nobody dates anymore, if that makes sense. Like, it's not just the, oh, he my boyfriend, he my girlfriend. It's like, if you date, I don't I don't know how to put it into the correct just terms. Say just say it. It's just, they just, mm, they just, mm. I was born in the wrong generation, I feel like, because they just garbage. They, really? Then that's just my perspective. They're just garbage, horrible. But um, I haven't really experienced the violence side of it, but I feel like the value of a relationship is not the same as it used to be. I feel like they don't value the actual one person like monogamy situation. It's multiple people. It's constantly being around people. It's talking to different people. It's just that, if that makes sense. It does. So for you, it's nobody is monogamous. It's no one-on-one. They're dating multiple people. And you're essentially supposed to accept it. Essentially, yes. Or, or uh, yeah, you're supposed to accept it or be by yourself. Or be by yourself. Yeah, I, I look at it as, and I will tell you, it's not just your generation because my generation got some problems too. <laughs> as it relates to dating, and it has gotten worse because of COVID. It's, it's a lot worse. But I also think that um, people do expect you to just deal with the mess that they bring. Like you say, garbage. They expect you to deal with it and to understand. And I just disagree with that. I don't think that you should. I don't think that you have to. And emotional abuse is just as bad as physical abuse. And I see that more often is the emotional abuse over the physical abuse and just trying to get people empowered to to be able to leave, especially at a young age. Mm-hmm. So for you, what would you say to someone that was at your school and they're dating a girl or a guy that you know is hitting them? That I know is what? Hitting them. That they're hitting them. Um, I will offer them the resources on campus, such as our officers, like, hey, well, obviously, well, I'm kind of like a mandate reporter. So they probably shouldn't come to me and tell me, hey, this person's hitting somebody because I'm I, I'm gonna tell my higher ups. But I would like try to, hey, like that's not okay. This is not what love looks like. This is not what you should be doing. This is not what a relationship, a healthy relationship looks like. Um, I will offer them ways out, like, hey, come come stay with me. Let's go out, let's do this. Instead of, you know, talking to them about that. We have counselor service on campus. It's like, hey, let's talk through this issue. Why do you think this is okay? Why do you, you know, and help them find ways to get out of it. Because sometimes it's just their pattern. People repeat what they saw. 
So in their eyes, that is a form of love. And that is a form. So just trying to break that like curse, like that's this is not what love looks like. This is not healthy. This is just dangerous. This is deadly. And just trying to find like them a safe spot from that person. You said that maybe they shouldn't come to you because you're a mandatory reporter. Why do you think that? I mean, sometimes people don't want help. If you want help, come to me. But if you don't want help, or some people, sometimes people want to feel like they can do it on their own and they don't want those helps or those higher ups. If you tell me, if you report violence to me, I have to report it to my higher ups. And sometimes they don't want those people involved. So if you don't want those people involved and you feel like you can handle it on your own and you just want a friend to talk to, not that person. Because if something happens to you, this situation progresses into a, a situation higher up or it becomes unfortunately if it becomes deadly or something like that then they're like who knew about this and if i know about it why didn't you say nothing and stuff like that so it just becomes this chain of situationals and i'm just i'm just gonna be honest with them i'm gonna tell this person as soon as you finish to your sentence <laughs> don't tell yeah i like that i like how you explain that that if you report it to me i have to report it Right. That's important mm-hmm. for people to understand that, that when they're going to somebody that's in a, a certain position, in a certain role, you have to be sure that you're ready to move forward, especially in college. Once mm-hmm. you report it is moving forward. Yes. So that's important. And I just wanted you to expand on your perspective of why maybe they shouldn't come and talk to you. And I think mm-hmm. you did a great job explaining that because sometimes it's not easy. Right. And I'm looking at that all the time. Like Tracy said, that was a great example. Thank you, Tracy. She said that was a great example. And it is. Yeah. It is. For you, I know you have a very, like you have this air about you, this presence about you that just kind of sets you up here naturally, right? You're mm-hmm. not egotistical. You're very smart. You're very kind. But just naturally, there's an air about you, right? Do you think that is one reason why you haven't experienced the, the sexual the sexual assault and the teen the violence that the teen dating violence. Do you think that that's why the way you carry yourself and the standards that you set? I don't I don't think so. Okay. I don't know honestly. I like I we was discussing earlier. I'm super busy, so you have to catch me in order to <laughs> to, to literally like you. I like my schedule is packed. I'm full. I'm taking seven courses now. So if I'm not like at the desk studio or if I'm not in a cafeteria, I'm in my home in my room. So you're not going to see me out. You're not going to see me just out and about roaming around. Now, you might catch me on the weekends or something like that. But I guess I just have a busy schedule and I keep myself so jam packed that I don't have time to spend time with somebody or I don't have time to go out and do this and that. So those, those situations never met. You know, I never had the opportunity to, to experience those situations. Well, hopefully the slow down so that you really could start dating more. You know, you're beautiful. You're real smart. I'm glad that you're focusing on school, right? Because definitely we don't want to do the pregnancy thing. And that, that is important. So I can see how focused you are. And I love that. And I think it's a good example for other students that are about to enter college or who are already in college to see that you can keep yourself really busy, right? <laughs> and be successful <laughs> like you, because th- that's a lot. I have never taken seven classes. Tracy say you sound like you have goals and she absolutely loves it. I do too, Tracy. I think she's a great example for your daughters. Tracy has two daughters and I think it'd be 
that this is something that her girls could look at because you do set a very hard bar to be able if, to if not just I just have these whole bunch of goals and college is expensive. And when you see the amount of money that you're spending, you're like, I don't have that extra thousand dollars to play. I don't have the extra five thousand dollars to be here. If I can get out, let me I'm gonna go. So that was that was my motivation. Money. It's money. Okay. And as soon as you get out, you can start making money. Exactly. Right? It's hard being broke. <laughs> Not cute. Not cute. <laughs> you are a great leader, and I agree. I do. So we talked about depression. What does depression look like for some college students? Like when they get there, they're moving in, they're on your floor. What does it look like for them? Depression. It looks. It looks dead. Like the person that you like normally that's happy bubbly that's moving around you see you see them kind of slow down like almost you know die like they're not they're not leaving their room that much they're not going to classes they're not attending meetings they're not they're just <laughs> I, I guess the best way to say it is dying and um I mean, I've been there. Like when I my first semester in college was the hardest semester of my life. And it's not because of the work. It's not because of anything like that. I come from a very close knit family. Like everybody in my family is close. Every Sunday we're at my grandmother's house playing games and things like that. So when I moved away, like five hours away from home, it was just very depressing to me. Like I didn't have my village anymore. And it was just me. And I, it never, ever has ever just been me. I made friends and it didn't turn out the way I expected, like this college friends. Like in my head, I love a different world. So that was college to me. College, yeah. And when I got there, I was like, whoa, this is not college. There's no Whitley. There's no Dwayne. There's no nothing. Food is nasty. Classes are annoying. I don't understand him. These people are not nice. And they said New Orleans had the best food. It doesn't. Like I, That's what I was going through. I just wanted to ball up and go home. But I was like, I can't go home because I made all these plans. I have all these goals. And I have my village that is supporting me and backing me on every decision. So I can't let them down. So I just like went to class, sleep, went to class, sleep. It was just, I was just tired. And I just didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. So how did you get through it? How did you get through that tough place? And I think sometimes we send our kids off to school, right? And we're excited for them. We're happy. And we don't realize what's really going on with them. And just think that if you were already missing home and you were going through sexual harassment, you were yeah. it, or you had a boyfriend that was very mean and abusive to you, what that would have looked like, you know, on top of missing home. But you know, the first year. What the, I mean, for, I didn't talk, that's one thing I didn't talk to my mom. I didn't talk to my mom about it to hindsight because I didn't want her to worry. I didn't want her to think, first, I didn't think I was depressed. I thought I was just very, very homesick. But like, I realized in my actions that I'm like, this is not normal. This is not okay. This is not healthy. Um, We have a chaplain on campus. Um, I developed a relationship with him. I started going to chapel services. I started praying more. I started listening to like sermons online. I started, started, and then I, uh, you know, as um, 
as I started going with the chapel and stuff like that, I joined like the liturgical dance team. And that gave me another reason to get out the bed. And I made friends through that. And then I joined the debate team and I had friends through there. So it was, it's like my circle became a little bigger, a little bit more positive. I talked to upperclassmen like, hey, did you experience this? Did you experience it? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, what did you do? I exercised. I, I didn't stay in my room. My room became like the safe space, but it was also the same space that was killing me. So instead of doing my homework in my room, I was like, I'm going to go to the library. Let me go do this. Let me go. We have like all these different like sitting areas on campus. Like you can go to the top of the building and it's just a nice view. I changed my setting. I changed my scenery and I surrounded myself with better people. And eventually, and it if, yeah, it worked. If, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not just fully just, I have. I still have depressive days. I still have days where I don't want to go to class. I'm going to do nothing. I want to eat. But you just got to keep pushing and keep going. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of people that experience trauma in their childhood and they end up going to college, right? They were molested. They had incest going on and a lot of trauma. And so I always imagine those who get into a place in college and how they would feel and how they would thrive. For you, are you a person that if you notice that somebody is depressed that you would talk to them and bring it up? Um, it depends on the situation. I can't like, if it's a if it's a person that I know, know, I'm like, hey, I don't feel like you're being yourself. But if I don't know the person, I probably just wouldn't approach them if I'm not 100% sure that they're okay. I might be like, hey, are you okay? You're good, you need anything? And they might be like, yeah, that's fine or whatever. But if I just notice like something body is just like really not okay, then yes, we might have a sit down and have a conversation. That's also another role as an RA. You're supposed to monitor your residents and make sure that they're okay. Make sure that they, are, you know, if you notice that they haven't been in Kearney in three days, like you should, Kearney's our a dining hall. Okay. If you know that they haven't been there and did anything, then that would be like, hey, that's when you step in, like maybe offer them help or point them in the direction of it. Are y'all taught that? Are y'all taught like how to have conversations with those that are- We all the, okay, so two weeks, well, a week, uh, a couple of days before the school starts, we have like training sessions about different topics, how to handle fire drill, um, depression, all these types of stuff, how to communicate better, all these classes. And then like when we came back in January, we also had a similar training, but like a more in depth of the issues that were not resolved in the first semester. And then we come back and we're like, hey, this is what we did not do so well. So there's a ways to improve upon that. Okay. I like that process. I like that. I think it's important so that parents could say, hey, go to the RA. <laughs> you got an RA or they know that's who they're going to call to be able to reach out to you. And <laughs> depression is real. Suicide is real. And we know that it, it affects 18 to 24. So those students that are in college, right? Those are the ones who get sexually assaulted the most, the sexual harassment, the teen dating, all numbers, the stalking, all of that happens between the age of 18 and 24 a lot of times. That's that's your rate right there. And so it's definitely mm -hmm. fun. I wanted to see your perspective and what you thought about it and afterwards. All right, we're going to switch gears because you had talked to me about what you did for those who have been through trauma, those who are depressed, those who are like you. So I want to talk about your business. I want to talk about the three L's and how you came up with that. Okay, so the three L's start, um, it stands for love, live, and learn. Um, it was all about like this form, this um, 
formula, like I want to love life. I want to live my life and I want to learn from every experience. Also, the three L stands can also stand for Lachey. It's my mom's middle name, my middle name, my, my younger sister. And so that's where I got the name from. Okay, I love it. And so your idea came because of what? What What made you come up with this idea to have this um, thing to do with your name? I was just talking to, I was just talking a lot to a lot of my friends. And I realized that we all suffer from mental health and things like that. And I was like, we have this amazing counseling service on campus, but not everybody has that access to counseling through like health insurance, or there's just not a council that's relatable in the area. So I was like, I want to be able to reach people all over the world and that are struggling with the same things that everybody else is struggling with because mental health is not talked about it's not touched on it's not you know like nobody's like oh my god i'm depressed <laughs> they're like they said they're gonna post a smiling picture on facebook and everybody's gonna like it and it's gonna be you know they you're gonna think that they're okay and they're not so that's where it came from all right i think it's important that you said people will be on social media as if everything is okay I found, I found myself making a positive post, speaking to myself when I felt like crap, mm -hmm. you know, and so we do deal with a lot of mental health, a lot of depression, and it's in college. And so you're battling going to school and, you know, you're not mentally there all the way and getting so you, all these different challenges. So I wanted to really bring that out from your perspective. And I want you to talk about what does your business do? Um, so my business is the subscription box business. Uh, right now, the book, the box is called Minding My Own Business because I want people to focus on themselves. It's kind of like soup your own porch. And that's where I was coming from. Like, I want to mind my own business. I want to tend to myself. I want to tend to my needs and what else. I can't look at nobody because I know like with social media, me personally, I get the mirror effect. I'd be like, oh, well, she's this and she has this and she has this and she has this. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have this and I have this. But it's like, I don't compare. So it's kind of like, don't compete where you don't compare. I don't compare with her. So I'm never going to compete with her. Ooh, and that's girl. just- If somebody <laughs> would have told me that at your age, right? I think life would have been so much better because we, we find ourselves comparing to some ourselves to somebody else, right? It's, the, it's something I have to remind myself daily. Like I can't compare my situation because she's not where I'm at and I'm not where she's at. It's not to be like, I'm better than her. No, it's just that our paths are different. So I can't look at what she's, I can't look at her good day and compare it to my bad day because that's what she's posting on Facebook. That's what she posts on social media. That's what I post on social media. I'm not going to post me crying or me, you know, missing this and missing this or failing this or doing that. I'm going to post my good grades. I'm going to post my, my good pictures. I'm going to, yeah, so. Yeah, we do find ourselves. And I could see people competing with you like, oh my gosh, Desire, she's finishing in three years. You know, I'm I'm so far behind. I might be making it at five. You know, so you set the bar very hard, high, and I'm glad that you don't compete with others and don't see other people as competition. That is so healthy, and I, I love that. Tracy said you said a mouthful. I was like, ooh, child, <laughs> you are. So let's talk about the box and what you do, right? And the first okay. thing is a card, and it says new beginnings. So this was your January box. Yes, what does new beginnings mean to you? New beginnings means just wiping the slate clean, like I'm letting go of 
everything I'm letting this is this is my start you know everybody be like new year new me like no literally this is a new me this is not the same person and so I dedicated the whole year 2022 to self-improvement I want to grow I want to see a tremendous growth like not just like physically but like internally so that was my new beginning fresh start we'll start all that I got a mask. It says, don't give up your, on your dreams. Keep sleeping. Why did you add this? So to me, one if anybody knows me, I love my naps. I love everything about sleep. It's refreshing. I wake up clean. I wake up fresh. So I was like, if we're going to go on this journey, we're going to start fresh. I want people to know what they're getting into. And you're getting into a long journey. You're getting into hard days, early mornings, late nights. You're going to need your rest. You're going to need to take those moments and say, look, I can't do this today. I can. I don't have the mental capacity to handle you or me. So I'm going to go to sleep and we're going to talk about it in the morning or we're not going to talk about it at all. Yeah. But I'm going to take a sleep. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to take a break. And that's like my reminder, like I can go so hard. I can take seven classes. I can do all this stuff if I just remember me and I remember I need rest to function. I can't do this. I'm not a four three-hour person. I'm cranky. I'm rude. I'm mean. So I know that I need at least six or seven hours of sleep or I'm just not going to have a good day. Yeah. And that's important when, you, when you're depressed, when you're struggling, when you're going through trauma. Rest is important. I don't get a lot of rest. So I like that idea. All right. <laughs> the next thing it says, work hard, dream big, never give up. And it's a journal. And okay. a calendar. And so you can write. It's a scheduler. Why did you pick this? It's a small planner. It's pocket size because, you know, being a busy person, being it's important that you stay on task. And I feel like I included the quote, like work hard, dream big and never give up because a dream without a plan is just a dream. And I don't want you to have just a dream. I want your dreams to be achieved. I want you to progress and grow. So the planner was like a reminder, like, hey, if I'm going to make a multi-million dollar company, I can't. Like, what are my steps? What is this? What is this? What is this? Like, a New Year's resolution is just something that you say if you don't actually walk the steps. I love it. And plan those steps so they got the plan the planet. I love it. Girl, you talking about a million dollar business. I love it. Okay. Then we have a soap. That's a, a handcrafted soap. You're making me happy. Um, And I wanted to wash away 2021. There's a lot of things that I did or everybody has done in, in the past years that they were not proud of. There were things that you, I want you to forgive yourself. That's important. Like we can say, oh, I forgive this person. I forgive this person. But genuinely forgive yourself and wash away and let it go as if Jesus forgives us. He don't just throw it back up in our face. But I feel like internally, in my mind specifically, I'll be like, how you going to do this? And you just did this and you just did this. And I'm like, if I'm forgive myself, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to forgive myself and I'm going to be done with the situation. I'm going to keep throwing it back up in my own face. And so that's how you feel like that's, I feel like that's what you need to move forward. It's a lot of us that need to wash away some trauma, some garbage, as you say, you call it garbage. And I lie, <laughs> we got, we got to get rid of it. And I love that analogy and starting clean, starting fresh and letting go. And forgiveness is very important, which is so hard to do. And that could be a show on its own. So Thank you for that, because people need to know that you got to forgive yourself, right? Wash it away mm -hmm. so you can move forward. All right. So this says cheers to me. I'm trying to get the lighting. It's very pretty. Everything is blingy, so it's coming up real funny in my light because it's glowing. Cheers to me, glass. 
it's a wine glass. Okay, don't laugh at me. When I was younger, I used to drink everything out of a wine glass, and it just made me feel better. It just made me, I, I could be drinking milk out of a wine glass. It just made me feel better. But I made that cheers to me because as, like, as you grow, you don't like to brag on yourself. People don't just talk about, oh, I did this and I did this. You sound bougie. You sound this. You sound arrogant. But I, those moments are important. Like, I'm not saying you just go around and be like, oh, I'm this and this and this. But celebrate yourself. Celebrate every milestone. And if nobody's going to pat me on the back, I'm going to pat me on the back. And I'm going to be proud of myself at the end of the day. I mean, like, hey, if your goal was to lose 50 pounds by the end of 2022, if you go to the gym two days in a row, cheers to you. Congratulations, because you're working towards your goal and you're doing things like this. I wanted people to remind, remind a reminder. Hey, I did that. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'm going to be my own cheerleader if nobody else is. And just celebrate yourself. I love it. I love it. You have to celebrate yourself. It's not bragging, right? It's <laughs> saying, I did. It cheers to me. I went to the gym. You know, I, I'm giving myself some kudos today. And I, 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 didn't, eat, I didn't eat fried food. Congratulations. <laughs> Give yourself <laughs> a grace. I love that. We, be, we are really hard on ourselves. Tanique said that this is outstanding. You are outstanding, actually. You're outstanding. All right. And so the last item is some sage. Yes. Why did you put sage in? Because emotions are contagious. And sometimes you don't realize the company that you allow your space. Yeah. Like sometimes people come into your areas and they come into your lives and they come in there with their baggage. And you're like, oh, okay, this is my friend. I'm going to help them. I'm going to help them out. Blah, 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 blah. But you notice that you start acting like your friend. Like, my attitude starts changing. I'm like, wait, wait, I wasn't even mad, but now I'm mad. Or I'm, I wasn't even sad or now I'm sad or I'm dealing with this. And I'm like, this ain't even me. This is not even like you have to cleanse your energy, cleanse your space constantly. And you know, be aware of the company that you bring into yourself because energies and vibes are very contagious. So just cleanse your space, cleanse your area. And, you know, that was that was my idea behind stage. Yes. Yes. So first of all, you're talking about energy. I had no clue about energy <laughs> and cleansing myself at your age. And can you tell us how old you are? I think that's important. For I'm 21. Just turned 21, y'all. Turned 21. So Tanique says she celebrates you. Oh, right. thank you. Thank you. And Tracy said, clap for yourself. Thank yes, ma'am. Thank so, you. <laughs> I, I love the box. I think it could be used for parents to send their children a special box when they're in college, you know, and knowing mm -hmm. that there's things that you all go through that you don't necessarily tell your parents. I think it's a great box for just somebody that's having a bad day and going through trauma. And I love your ideal and your concept. And I, I think it's just phenomenal. Right. I didn't say this, but I didn't say this. Every box is different. Every month is a different box focused on a different thing. Like one box might be about self-love. One box might be about unforgiveness. Just the different mental health topics and awareness issues that, you know, needs to be talked about. Okay. Well, I am excited because this box, I ordered it specifically to be able to give to somebody at our anniversary paint party. So we're having an anniversary paint party. Um, February 20th, it'll be our three-year anniversary, and this will be one of the door prizes, because I think that you could use a new beginning, right? It's a new mm -hmm. beginning, and you have to do something to mind your own business. The fact that you call it mind your own business, you do need to mind your own business. Take care of yourself, right? 
take care of yourself, mind your business, mind your mental health. There's so many ways that you can go with that. And mm-hmm. you have it so they can order online. So Tanique said, awesomeness, sweetheart. 21 years old with that type of wisdom is great. Keep it up. So you Thank got some cheerleaders, girl. You got some cheerleaders. And I feel the same way. Like you just enlightening me. And I, I think it's important to be around good people that are positive, right? It's truly, truly a good thing. And Ashanti sent you some hearts. Thank you. And I put in the chat box how people can order online. And can you just talk about the process of how they can go to your website? And it'll be on the um, in the chat box as well. So the, um, the boxes are sold on Cradle, which is this amazing platform that sells all kinds of subscription boxes for all of your needs, even if you're a crafter and things like that. So you should really check out the Cradle platform. But you will sign up. You will pay the shipping. If you do not want to continue the description, you can um, end it once you purchase the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you want to just keep coming, keep coming. So every month in the mail, you'll get something that's good for minding your own business, doing your mental health and doing that mental health check. So it's it's priceless. When you told me about it, I was like, yeah, I need more, <laughs> I need more of those. I need one of those for me. Because we have bad days. You yeah. Know? You have such a positive energy. I love getting something from somebody that is positive, you know, that has this energy. Some people give you stuff and you're like, I don't even want it. <laughs> attitude, like, I don't even want to buy from you because I seen a lady on TikTok the other day and she was like, you all see the label. You see the, where to order it. Either you're going to buy it or you're not. And I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm not. <laughs> like, who are you talking to? Right. <laughs> I would never buy from you telling me either I'm a buy it or I'm not. You see the label. And, you know, I, I just was so thrown off by that. But I love how you actually come and, and step up for those who are struggling. And you see it all the time. Well, thank you. So this box is not just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is really the journeys and the things that I'm going through. I needed a new beginning. I needed a first start. So I need to work on self-love. I still need to work on forgiveness and, you know, things like that. I love it. Nobody's perfect. And we always should be striving to work on ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. What is your goal for the box? What do you want it to do for people? I want it to be... Okay, I can't give y'all my village because they're like... My village is amazing. Like God sent amazing people from... Just amazing. So... I wanted to give you the wisdom that my village has gave me. Everybody from my uncles to my auntie to my little sister, they're all, they're constantly teaching me how to be me. And so all those lessons and all those things, those are from them. And I can't do it without them. So that's my way of giving a piece of my village to the world. I love that. So you want them to walk away with all the positive things that you have from your family. Mm-hmm. And everybody don't have a village at all, right? I, yeah. I remember one time I had a girlfriend that said, I don't celebrate Mother's Day. I didn't have a good mother. She grew up in foster care. I was like, oh, right? <laughs> like, okay, you got a good point. I, I understand. I mean, I'm so I, sorry. I so, realized like going to college and everybody didn't grow up with me. And I know I go to an HBCU, but we're so diverse in our backgrounds and our upbringings and things like that. So I realized that I don't see people who had like, 10 people moved them in and then I seen somebody moving by themselves and just that range of I gotta get it how I get it just made me feel like they need a village and village is not blood village is not everybody in your family like 
I have a village that goes beyond the the relatives, you know. I think that's important. I have I have a huge family too. And I think it means a lot for me to be able to give back to them and to honor them and to honor our ancestors. Mm-hmm. You really are honoring and paying it forward for your ancestors. And so that's important. And when you speak about your village, that's what I look at, your ancestors. And you have some amazing comments in the chat. Joanne said that she loves your energy. Tracy says she wants a box. So you got a box. So she says she's proud of you. And I'm proud of you too. Like you just warm my heart. And I think people should see the positive students, the positive kids in, in your generation. Sometimes you're not always shown in a positive light, right? It's just all the negative. They want to show all the bad things. But I wanted to display someone that is really doing amazing things and looking out for her community and her friends and her family. And that is you. you. I thank you for that. Yeah, I I really do. And I think other people can see it. (laughs) And Tanique said, and we will order all of them. What is the website again? Um, I'm going to put the link and that way you could just click on it, Tanique. Um, But it's Crate Joy, but I'll put the link so that you could just go on it. If you're on my personal Facebook page, I don't think the link is showing up for some reason. I don't see it in the feed saying it's one of my personal page. So I will come into my personal page. You can just type in the three L's and it should show up. And it's just like minding my own business. Okay. Crate Joy. Minding my own business. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Joseph said, I love you, Cupcake, and I'm so proud of you. Thank you. See, village. You got village. <laughs> Kiana said, I'm one proud mama. Good job, baby girl. Yes. So you got village on here. You do. You have village that is showing up for you. And that is important. So I just want to know before we end, is there anything, last words that you would like to say? Um, well, sound like my grandmother. Pray about every situation. I just had this conversation with her today. Um, I used to be like, she, like my grandmother, the type of person you could say, Granny, I don't know what to do. She'd be like, Pray about it. And you'd be so frustrated, but it's so true. And I feel like, I'll be like, Granny, God not finna fight her for me. And she'll be like, Just pray about it. It'll be okay. And I'll be like, I used to be so frustrated. Like, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. And I'll be like, But that is the answer. Pray, keep God first, and surround yourself by positive people and plan everything up. Plan everything out. That is some great advice. I absolutely love it. My mom is a minister and she was always like, just pray about it. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's your answer? That's your great advice? <laughs> She'd be like, pray about it. Right. <laughs> but it works, though. It really does work. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess. I need a tangible solution. You need a tangible solution, yeah. I, I need a, a strategy. Something that you can help me. My daughter will be like, just meditate. What? <laughs> but I've started meditating and I promise you it works. Meditating is very relaxing. Very yes, it works. Um, your mom thanked me for letting you share her story. Share your story. Yeah, <laughs> your product. So thank you. It was truly an honor. And I think it's important for people to be able to get to meet her. And Tracy, hashtag village because that's <laughs> definitely what's going on with you <laughs> it's your village the best one in the world yep so you all the best village in the world yes I, my village could battle anybody village in the world i promise you I'm, they gonna win they gonna win <laughs>
I love it. All right, so you all have met the most amazing young lady. Her name is Desire Bailey. You will see her again. She is a business major. She is doing phenomenal things, and I'm very proud of her. Her box is on Crate Joy. The link will be in the YouTube and also on the Facebook page, and it'll be on the podcast as well, so that you will be able to purchase from her and just support her, show us some love, and give it to somebody. If it's not for you, give it to somebody that can really use some encouragement. It's already wrapped in everything. So all you got to do is hand out the box. Take the poster, y'all. <laughs> hand out the box. And you could be a blessing to somebody else. I absolutely love it. And thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome, darling. So thank you all for joining Hush No More Champions. This month, we have an amazing event. It's called Stalking by... Um, a stalking panel by stalking survivors. I will have five guests that all have been stalked, men, women, all different races. And one of them even lost their, their sisters. She died to stalking a stalking case. So I want y'all to tune in on June. Why can't I speak? Let me get this together. Desire, you did so good and I'm messing up, right? <laughs> Let me start over. On January the 30th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have a stalking panel. I will have five amazing guests that are going to share their story about stalking. It happens to men, women, all different races, all different ages. This is Stalking Awareness Month. You need to know what's going on and understand what's stalking and know when you should report it and to make sure that you stand up for yourself and be safe. So that's what that's going to be about next Sunday, January 30th. Next Tuesday, we are going to have Shamel Riley. She is a holistic educator and healer, and she's going to talk to us about holistic healing and meditation after trauma. What are some things that you can do from a natural, holistic way to heal? So I'm excited about that. She was going to talk about breath work, if you haven't heard about that. February the 20th, I already told you all, is our anniversary. It's our three years. I am so happy. Come party with us. We're going to have a paint party on February 20th in Lexington, South Carolina. And it's going to be Candice. It's going to be our artist. And she's phenomenal. And the theme is transformation. So it's going to be pretty cool. I wish you can come, Desire. <laughs> and then just to get y'all started for April, y'all know that Sexual Assault Awareness Month. April the 9th, it's going to be the Hush No More Against Sexual Abuse. You can do it virtually. You do not have to be in South Carolina or you can come and join us. But we are standing up against all type of sexual abuse, whether it's child sexual abuse, incest, molestation, if it's sexual assault, military sexual trauma, whatever is going on, we're going to stand up against it. And we want you to come out. If you're a survivor, we're going to honor you. If you just come in and honor somebody else, you can either walk the 5K or you can run. And we'll have prizes and trophies, and it's going to be a very fun event. So that's on our website. It's available now to be able to register, and I would love to see you all there. So thank you for supporting Hush No More and supporting survivors in your community. Remember that only thing you need to say to somebody is, how can I help you, right? What do you need from me? It's something that you really can say, and it makes a difference in somebody's life. And encourage them giving them a small gift, a token of your love, giving them a hug, even during COVID. <laughs> I, I, I'm having a hard time doing COVID with this hug thing because I'm the, the giver of hugs, right? I'm the love person. So I'm trying to get it together. But if you get a COVID test, you get a hug from me. So that's a little joke, Desire. You could laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one more thing uh, to Miss Seabrook Hunter is Crate Joy, C-R-A-T-E, Joy. She had a question about it. Yeah, I, I saw her. 
Thank you. And I'm going to send. So the people that said they wanted it, I will definitely make sure that they get your link. And you can always email Desire. She's available to just talk to you and get you some ideas. And she's an amazing college student. So I hope that you learn something and share it with your children, your grandchildren, so that they can know what goes on in college campuses and who should they talk to. Because sexual assault is real. Teen dating violence is real. It's, it's, it's hard out here. So peace and blessings to you all. Take care and remember that you have a right to heal and you have a right to tell it. Peace and blessings.